0: So here's the question. When the rules we've been operating by have burnt us out and the hamster wheel is keeping us awake at night and stuck, how do we, as expert entrepreneurs who want to make significant impact but just can't take on one more thing, grow our businesses and teams, double our revenue while working less? That's the question. This is The Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Business Habitat. This week, I'm really excited to have Dr. Karen Wilson on, a clinical neuropsychologist and Why I really felt that she was in tuned and why I was so interested to interview her is how she's taken such a highly reliant expertise of, you know, being a psychologist, particularly working with children, which is really attributed to being face-to-face and highly expert-related and and face-to-face and reliant on her, and then added and really explored how she can really make more impact across it and picked up a real problem of connecting specialists and how she can then also grow a side of her business that makes such big impact, but then eventually will not be entirely driven by her own energy. So I was super curious to explore this because this really works to the stuff that we explore both in the business habitat and also the aligned leader of developing programs that make impact given our expertise and our life experiences. And I think Karen is a really good example of someone who's really exploring those possibilities and, you know, taking the time and the effort in the process of that to long-term make great impact. So really sit back and enjoy. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Well hello everybody and welcome to the Business Habitat. I'm your host Sam Dean and today I am super excited to have Dr Karen Wilson all the way from LA. I just had to say that, I'm sorry it just rhymes. (laughs) And Karen will tell us about herself but you know it's pretty important to think of her as actually Dr. Wilson, because I think that, you know, going forward, that this is a really important thing, particularly for women to really be acknowledged for the amazing work that they do and the amazing education that we have. So welcome, Dr. Karen Wilson, to the podcast. And now the reason why I have Karen here today is she's wrangling, as we all are, with what this podcast is all about. How do we as experts create a business on our own terms, make more money while working less hours and impact many people while the rules tell us as experts, we have to do it either one client or one patient at a time. I also want to acknowledge a couple of Dr. Wilson's amazing achievements just recently. She's a Forbes Next 1000 and an Amex 100 for 100 founders of change. Sorry, that's founders for change. So welcome, Dr. Wilson. I'm happy to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be here today?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just thrilled to be here. So in terms of where I am today, it's it's been a long road and I'm a pediatric neuropsychologist. And, you know, when I started in this field, I was thinking I was going to be a physician, a, a pe- pediatrician, actually. And then I realized when I was in graduate school that I didn't like the sight of blood, so that wasn't going to work. (laughs) So I ended up doing, (laughs) no, it wasn't going to work. But I was taking psychology as my elective, and I got into this area of psychology called neuropsychology, which is the study of the brain and behavior. And I realized I could take my love of biology and anatomy and neuroanatomy specifically and pair it with psychology, which I also love, and do research and teach and and seek patience and, and really impact the lives of people. And, and so I pivoted into that direction. And have been in that field for over 17 years.
0: Fantastic. I think too, it's such an important part, I think, particularly now, like when we're getting much more understanding about how the brain works and, and the psychology of that, but to combine the two, I had never really heard or thought about that. And, you know, to combine it with children as well must be both rewarding and I think at time confronting, a time I'm confronting. guessing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's yeah. been challenging. I think, you know, when I started, I actually started doing work in dementia and Alzheimer's patients. And and then I was on a rotation on, in the hospital and I saw my first child and I thought, this is where I want to be. I want to be able to make a difference when kids are really young and impact their lives. And I pivoted in that direction. It seems like pivoting is like the, my my go-to thing that I do. But I think that's how we evolve and become better and become who ultimately we are destined to be and even then samantha i was not content with just working one-on-one because i did i did it for 17 years before i realized i really need to impact more people than the those who make it into my office and how can i do that on a broader scale and so i ended up taking all the information that i'd kind of learned over the past 17 years as a clinician with parents asking me, where can I connect with a speech and language pathologist? Where can I connect with an occupational therapist? How can I know more information? You know, I have a friend of mine whose kid is also struggling. How do I get them in touch with you or someone who does what you do? And I realized that information needed to be readily available to whoever wanted it. And so I built a platform that connects parents with amazing professionals who provide services to children and adolescents. And, and that was not something that I was taught in my training how to do because we were taught um, to either be a researcher, to be an educator, or to be a clinician. And I did all of those three things. And I realized that I could take all the things I learned from doing those things and actually apply it to doing something more.
0: I, I think this is so important. I talk a lot about the concept of central advisor, which is exactly what you're describing. It's the center that you can then have a look at what, what they need and then hook them up to other experts and people always ask me why that's such a problem, like who are outside sort of the expert mindsets of our industries and go, why is that such a problem? You see it in hubs with software and you see it in other areas. I first saw it in allied health, actually, from a state's model about 10 or 15 years ago, even though it, you're taking it one extra step. Why do you think that that is that we've never thought to do this before? Because I understand that you're one of the first people to do this in this field. I know that when I'm doing this and I've always struggled to see the model of how we can bring all experts together. And I do also know that one of the major problems with it isn't the systems, the model or anything. It's our egos as I will give you my information. So everyone's, you know, when we work with finance firms or, or big accounting firms or whatever, and they can't get that stuff going, it's nothing to do with the system. The client, the clients want it. It's us, just because we feel that, and we have been trained generationally to hoard our knowledge. So um, how do you get around that, or is, have you? Do you find it different in in your areas? Because it, I mean, I would think with children involved, there would be more hope for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons why I just, it was kind of like a a bell
1: went off in my head because, you know, in our field, we go to these professional meetings where we interact with other professionals like us. And I was sitting at one of these conferences and there, this person, this researcher was providing all this great information about reading and intervention. And I thought this is going to change the lives of so many kids. And then I looked around and there were all other neuropsychologists and psychologists. And I'm thinking. This is great information, but we're sharing it with each other. Why aren't we sharing it with teachers? Why aren't we sharing it with parents? It didn't make any sense for me to me. And we know that research takes so long to get into the hands of people who can use it, teachers in the classroom, parents at home. And I just thought there needs to be a way to expedite this. And it just didn't seem to make sense to me to keep to get all that money to do the research and then just share it with each other or publish it in a journal that nobody is going to read.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. And that's what Child Nexus is all about, is trying to dis- do do disseminate it or just act more as a connection. Yeah, we do both. We do
1: both. We take the information, we put it into a form that parents can understand because they may not read the American Medical Association journal, but they'll read a short blog that summarizes that information, right? And and, and so we provide them with resources and then we also connect them with people who can actually do the work with their child, depending on what they need.
0: Yeah. It always amuses me because um, I was very focused on the accounting tax industry over here. And then I've just expanding now out to any kind of experts. The problems are the same. It, it doesn't matter what expertise you are in that um, it's like, how do we disseminate the information that we know is so important and business Information you would think would be easier to disseminate than what you're talking about because we don't have doctors and it's more easily. But 75% of people don't understand their numbers in businesses and stuff. So it's like, it's the same problem. You know, what we do has less human impact, I think, than from what you're talking about. But then it does because, you know, we need how do we as experts get together and disseminate all of this information to the people who actually need it in their everyday? And then they can go to the right experts. I think one of the things that always comes up as a block that I hear is, well, then the experts won't have a job. I think that's untrue. I would love to hear your take at it from a medical is that the more people know about what we do, the more we get around what we call an expert paradox of then valuing more what we do. So then we can actually be more specific about who we go and see. And then the people who do want to do one on one, such as yourself, can then be way more focused. Is that the same It's very much the same in business, but would it be the same with you guys? Yeah, I think there is some of that concern
1: that there isn't enough business for everybody. But when you're working with kids, like I do the evaluation end, you know, in my clinic, when I wear my clinical hat, I see kids, they come in, I figure out what's wrong. And then I send them to professionals who can actually do the intervention. And every kid is different. And some kids are going to need an occupational therapist who only works on handwriting. Another person is going to need a a speech and language pathologist who only works on articulation. Someone else is going to need a psychologist to work on the depression or anxiety. And so, I mean, there are enough people to provide those services. And then then if you take a step further, there are 26 million kids in the United States who experience learning or mental health challenge that requires some professional attention. And that is like one in five, 26 million, it's one in five. And, you know, globally, it's probably one in five to one in seven. So it's a worldwide issue. And there's, there are wait lists. people have wait lists to be seen. So I don't think that there's a scarcity issue with respect to professional Um, professionals who can provide services. But parents need to know where they can go, because oftentimes they don't know first what they need. First, they don't know why their child is struggling. Then they don't know what they need to do to address the problem. And so we want to be able to help them with both of those things. And then connect with these amazing professionals with families who they can really help to transform the lives of their children.
0: And I would think, yeah, that By you going through that, then you're giving the information to the specialists and they can then accelerate the treatment of that because they don't have to go through the actual, because they understand what you do and then you understand what they do. So then it's a really clean handover with no time wasted. It's so much easier to make that referral. No time wasted. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm sitting here looking amazed. You know, most of this stuff will be done audibly so you can't see me. And going, this is exactly the same as when you are a central advisor in a thing and you get to know your clients and then you can go out because we were just talking about this actually in the conference that I'm speaking at, Sue, is that people and we're, getting, we're doing the same thing but with a marketer and a salesperson, I'm the strategist and then bring it all together. And then we've got the CRM person and all of this. And because we know that people struggle with where do I go and what's the one fix that I can put into my business And it's exactly the same, like if you can go to somebody and they can say, well, let's look at it broadly and then bring it down to where you want. It's exactly the same process, isn't it, with such big impact. And also you would act for the specialists and the experts who are amazing at what they do. You're their funnel. Absolutely. And it
1: feels like, you know, I had, it's like I have the, like the golden Rolodex of professionals, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, Yes. I need to connect <laughs> right. more families with these people because they're just exceptional at what it is that they do, but not enough people know about them or you know know that they are the people who can make a difference in their child's life. And I think one of the things we do with Child Nexus is, is that the professionals in the community because we're multidisciplinary connect with each other. And what I know from having my own private practice is that the referrals most of the referrals actually come from other professionals who aren't specialists in your area. So I'm not an occupational therapist so it's imp- I'm going if I need to send my send kids to them I need to know Occupational therapists. I need to know speech and language pathologists. I need to know psychiatrists. I need to know, you know, cognitive behavioral therapists. And so it's better to have an interdisciplinary network than to just network with people who do the same thing you do, because then that's not where your referrals are going to come from unless they're booked
0: with clients. This episode is brought to you by The Aligned Leader, a six week program built to combat the leadership fatigue syndrome. So you can grow your business without the overwhelm. Everyone, please, no matter what expertise you're in, understand that. Because we have to, we have to broaden our horizons. You know, I always think one of the reasons why I've moved out of one Pacific industry is because of that. Because I would go to these big events and speak at them, but they're just full of accountants. So how can you network? People are spending so much energy networking in places that are, first of all, owned and dominated by software providers, and in your case, probably medicines and, you know, medical suppliers. And the thought leaders are from there. So they've got a vested interest. And you're talking to people who are your, not your competition, because I don't believe in it, but They're not going to refer because that, yes, they understand your angst and everything because they're they're exactly the same. But you're not networking with people who can advocate you because they do what you do. (laughs) So and then you can't expand. That's exactly it.
1: I learned so much from networking and interacting with people who weren't trained the way that I was because we learn from each other. And then, you know, if I'm in the business of making referrals, I make a better referral when I better understand what it is that this professional does specifically. Oh, you work well with autistic boys in the between the ages of five and 10. That's a perfect referral, right? As opposed to, oh, this person go on my Google contacts and search for autism and pick out five names. It makes no sense.
0: And then, then the client, or sorry, in this case, the patient has to make a decision. Yeah. And we want to take all of that away from them because they trust you. And I'm assuming these people who you're referring to have very similar values and stuff to you because you wouldn't be attracted to them. You wouldn't spend the time with them if they weren't in line with your values. So you, then you're going to have like styles of people, I'm assuming, in your network too. And I think too this is such an important thing. And quite often in our expert business habitats, we don't consider the importance of network and that we, we are quite often in gig networks. So whatever our gig is, that's what we're in, which is we can't expand. And if, if I hadn't gone out and hopped into networks that weren't even in my expert field, I wouldn't be able to build the business I have today because I wouldn't have met. And both of us have a, have the same coach, Eleanor Beaton, who's actually in Canada and we wouldn't have spoken to people like that who can actually help us then build education because everyone's saying, uh, you know, in my industry and in yours, oh, no one's ever done this. That's crap. People have done this. Coaches have done this. Other styles of businesses have done this. It's just that we haven't seen it in the expert businesses and education platforms and everything. They're out there. We just need to twist our mind a little bit on how we can take it all and put it back together. And I think that's also what you've done with an education piece as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're educating people like we do. We do town halls,
1: you know, when the pandemic hit and parents were at home with their kids and their kids may have had learning challenges that they'd never seen for five days a week, (laughs) six hours a day. And they needed to know what is this? What do I do? I don't have access to my kid's teacher. They're no longer getting therapy. How can I help my kid? And we went, got our professionals in our network together. We put together webinars and webcasts and town halls and how to support parents because we knew how to support a kid who struggles with reading, how to support a kid who has attention problems, how to support a kid who has anxiety or depression. And we gave them the information in terms of what to do. And if they they wanted to go a step further and work with someone, at that time, there was only telehealth available. We could also connect them with people who would transition their practices to telehealth
0: pivoted source problem and yeah (laughs) there i go again right (laughs) yeah what i love about that is the speed that you you did it i think as experts and i'm understanding from my friends who are trained medical doctors that you guys aren't trained to pivot like that you're not agile. You, you know, you, you very much like, I think a lot of experts trained in things that literally were written in the 1980s, I'm sorry, the 1880s. And you know, this, it's always been this way type thing. And to shift like that really quickly is pretty impressive, I think. And then do you use that model now so you can get more information out to more people at a lower cost? Yes, we do. I mean, I feel like we're, we're, I'm constantly
1: pivoting and I don't know if if that was part, partly due to the pandemic or partly due to working with business coaches who thought differently than clinicians and researchers, it's probably a combination of both, but things are changing rapidly. Even right now, as we sit here, you know, we're thinking they were at the tail end of the pandemic and now there's a new variant that everybody is hypervigilant about, right? And so people are trying to figure out what to do next. And I think that pivoting is essential to any business, being willing to pivot and being ready to pivot is essential to any business. Because if you stay the same, you're going to, you're going to be obsolete pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I know. And I think too, my passion is to get experts to pivot. That's one of my big things because I feel that experts, we have to, it's so important what we do. Our training is super important. Yes. It's made us a little bit slower, perhaps to take it up but the curiosity of scientists the you know the the curiosity of yourself I mean you've got a science background as well as a medical and all of it and the curiosity of any style of experts to work and to educate now it's like we just need to push that to other places so we can actually communicate our expertise because the last thing we want whether it be in business See, nothing shits me more than people who are business coaches and who've never owned a business, who couldn't read a set of financial statements, you know, things like that. And I'm sure you have the people in your industries as well. We're the experts. We've worked hard at what we want. Now we need to find a way to pivot and get more of our information to more people so we can change some of these statistics, 26 million children in the States for you and then you know, some amazingly bad statistics for business people as well. And so the array of expertise is that this is so important. And if we can do it in, you know, your industries, just with more curiosity and pivoting, we can do it in anything. And that's the thing that I'm taking away from this conversation is that there are ways and means to do this. But what I love too, if we could drill down on it, is the the passion that you have for what you do you know, the fact that you do it with children, you know, is that, do you think the passion and your vision? See, I, I work, our big thing where we start with people is to align, the leader sometimes isn't aligned to their vision. And I feel that you're very tough on that. Like, you know, exactly what you want to do. Yes, how you do it changes. But that means that you can have the passion, you don't get as fatigued, and you can go for it has that always been burning in you or did you have to really look at what the vision was? What is your vision with this to go forward?
1: Yeah, I think my vision as I became interested in this field, I think my vision has always been to help children realize their full potential. And again, if a child is struggling, what do we know about kids who struggle and they don't get identified and people don't understand they end up acting out, they have behavioral problems, they're at higher risk for depression, for anxiety, for substance abuse, to end up in the criminal justice system. And we can help a lot of kids avoid all of that if in kindergarten through second grade, we identify the struggle and we get them the help that they need. But we need to be able to identify when it's there, to not rationalize and say, he's just a boy, He's she's just shy, he's just lazy. And, and get in there and do the work, but we've gotta help more people understand what it is that's going on. And I think for me, an aha moment, another aha moment for me was when I went from talking to parents about their child after I did an evaluation to giving a keynote address for a teacher's association for 900 teachers. And then I realized that those 900 teachers are gonna go back to their classrooms and apply what it is they learned during my discussion and that was going to have a bigger impact than I could have ever had with just meeting one family at a time.
0: And keynoting in outside your own research areas as well, you know, to people who are actually at the cold face of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's yep. so important. And I think as experts, we we sometimes do get very much involved in our egos. And also, I think you must have a skill to simplify things as well, to take your expertise and put it into an everyday language. <laughs> You have to, and you
1: really have to. And I think that's one of the th- the problems with a lot of people is that they, they don't know how to translate that science into a form that other people understand. But I had experience because I taught at the university level and I had to teach undergraduates just at a high school how to understand complex things. So I had a lot of practice doing it. And so again, it was when I was ready to make the transition from teaching at the university to being in my business full time, and then expanding that business, it was an easy pivot for me because I'd had the training.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting thing, because I had to, I realized early on in my career that unless someone understood what I was talking about in their own terms, that that it was useless, that you could only, you couldn't, you know, in, in our industry in particular, they always talk about value. Well, people have to understand the value first and they have to understand it in their own circumstances. So I had to teach myself that because I hadn't had that background. And for you to be able to then pull the skills together is amazing. And I spent a lot of time doing teaching courses and stuff like that to see how I can take the. And our stuff's not even as complex as what you're talking about. I think that's where the magic lies too, is to be able to bring things into everyone's, every day and relate to it and two also I'm going to assume because I've spoken to you for a while now that you have that ability to change even just slightly for the audience as well as to you can ramp it up or, or bring it across or simplify too and I think that's one of the biggest skills that experts need to learn going forward and I can tell you if I can simplify things and listen and do all that sort of stuff anyone can it, it is a very much a taught skill as you taught yourself because you had to as well otherwise the graduates were never going to understand you <laughs>
1: oh yeah you've every I mean everyone who's ever been in a classroom knows if someone is not if the the person speaking isn't it's saying things in a way that doesn't resonate with you or you don't understand (laughs) or you know you're trying to grasp concepts but they're not speaking to where you are you have to meet people where they are
0: yeah absolutely I always laugh I used to get frustrated with this but now I just laugh hysterically um when people you know um Experts come to me and say, well, I don't understand why everyone goes to those guys over there and they charge a heap when they don't have the skill that I have. And I said, well, they've got one very important skill. They sit down, they listen, and people really like and engage with them. So it's actually not the skill level. People have to understand the importance of your skill level in their own terms. And that's how you get over the expert paradox of people not understanding the value I don't know. I think as again, this this conversation has um, enlightened me on exactly that it doesn't matter what expertise we're in, um, we can all take stuff away from everybody, and um, also that the expert paradox or the the expert mindset shift that we need of um, trying to work the hours for dollar mindset, which is exactly what you're talking about, is as an expert you um, and as a doctor you sit there one client at a time and to make more money you get more clients and then to make then it doesn't leave you space for all of this which is then scalable and you can take it to many and that's the stuff that we need to shift that's old rules and not only are they old rules as in they're 10 or 20 years old they are hundreds of years old and we need to start shifting them and for our clients and for the people of the world we need to shift them fast because it has to be the expert that takes our knowledge and our education and our skill sets into the future otherwise other others will do it and it's not our peers that are competitors it's other people who can disseminate the information but you know we should be center of that because we can be that central advisor as you have proven in your field
1: thank you so Uh, much
0: Yeah. And as I said, one of the first to do so. And I hope that many other people learn from you and go forward because what you guys are doing is so important. What i like to leave is just three tips that you have for, for business. Obviously we're a business podcast and they can be personal to look after yourself as a leader or whatever, but can you give us three tips for any expert who's looking to have a bit of a pivot or, or look, look into this stuff?
1: Yeah, I would say one is definitely don't be afraid to pivot. Um, Don't be afraid to do things that is not typical of other experts in your field. And when you don't know how to do something, get the guidance and support that you need so you can bring your dreams to fruition.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so important because um, I remember sitting in a conference actually where I met um, Eleanor nearly two years ago in Phoenix. I jumped on a plane and Allie Brown said that. It's not necessarily the what, it's the who. Yeah, absolutely. And you go and find the right people and find people who are so different. And then the community too. I think the community of people who are trying to do similar things, but in different industries is really important as well um, to continue that conversation. Well, Dr. Karen Wilson, thank you so much. That was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. And everybody else, as always, be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for your time. We work super hard on this podcast and are passionate about helping expert entrepreneurs build businesses without overwhelm. To help us, can you please leave a review if you loved it on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast like platform?